Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of humeral shaft fracture found under the MSK section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 63-year-old man presents to the emergency room with left arm pain after falling off the second step of his ladder. He has significant pain over the middle of his left arm. On exam, he is tender to palpation along the middle of his left arm and a small deformity is appreciated. He has weakness in wrist extension and metacarpal phalangeal joint extension. Radiographs of his left arm demonstrate a spiral midshaft humeral fracture. He is placed in a coaptation splint and discharged with plans to follow up in one week. Let's continue with an introduction to humeral shaft fracture. Clinically, it is defined as a fracture of the humeral shaft. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that this accounts for approximately 3% of all fractures, and there's an increasing incidence in the elderly population. Demographically, it demonstrates a bimodal age distribution. This presents with fragility fractures in the elderly and high-energy traumatic fractures in younger patients. Risk factors include osteoporosis. In terms of normal anatomy, remember that the spiral groove, also known as the radial sulcus, is a shallow depression in the center of the lateral border of the humerus bone, and that the radial nerve and deep brachial artery course along the spiral groove of the humerus. Conditions that are associated include a radial nerve palsy, forearm fractures, and a shoulder dislocation. In terms of the prognosis, favorable factors include low-energy injuries, and unfavorable factors include high-energy injuries. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms include arm pain and weakness. On exam, there may be a deformity that may or may not be appreciated depending on the location and severity of the fracture. A neurovascular exam before and after reduction is critical to identify radial nerve palsy or deep brachial artery injury. Remember that radial nerve palsy results in loss of wrist extension, which may present as wrist drop, as well as metacarpal phalangeal joint extension and thumb abduction and extension loss. In terms of further imaging, radiography is always indicated if a humeral shaft fracture is suspected. Specific findings may include fracture patterns that can vary, These may include spiral, transverse, and comminuted patterns. The fracture location may also vary. It may include a proximal, midshaft, or distal fracture. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about distal humerus fracture, with distinguishing factors being that radiographs will demonstrate a fracture in the supracondylar, lateral condylar, or medial condylar zones of the distal humerus. Also think about a proximal humerus fracture with distinguishing factors being that radiographs will demonstrate a fracture in the surgical neck or anatomic neck of the proximal humerus. In terms of treatment, non-operative options include coaptation splinting followed by functional bracing. This is indicated for most humeral fractures as they can be treated conservatively. Operative options include open reduction and internal fixation. This is indicated for severe fractures such as open fractures or vascular injuries requiring repair. And lastly, complications related to humeral shaft fracture include radial nerve palsy. Remember that most of these will resolve over three months of observation. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to humeral shaft fracture, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. 
a 78-year-old woman is brought to the emergency department after she fell while gardening and experienced severe pain in her right arm. She has a history of well-controlled hypertension and has been found to have osteoporosis. On presentation, she is found to have a closed mid-shaft humerus fracture. No other major findings are discovered on a trauma survey. She is placed in a coaptation splint. The complication that is most associated with this injury has which of the following presentations? And the answer choices are Choice 1, elbow flexion deficits Choice 2, flattened deltoid Choice 3, hand of benediction Choice 4, hypothenar atrophy Or choice 5, wrist drop The best answer to this question is Choice 5, wrist drop this patient has a closed mid-shaft humerus fracture, which is associated with radial nerve injuries. Radial nerve injuries can present with wrist drop. The radial nerve runs in the spiral groove, also known as the radial sulcus, which is a shallow depression in the center of the lateral border of the humerus. This anatomy means that the radial nerve is closely associated with the shaft of the humerus and can be easily injured in the mid-shaft humerus fractures. Since the radial nerve is responsible for extension in the upper extremity, injury to this nerve can lead to extension deficits such as wrist drop. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Elbow flexion deficits can be seen with injury to the musculocutaneous nerve. However, these injuries are not strongly associated with mid-shaft humerus fractures. Choice 2. A flattened deltoid can be seen with injury to the axillary nerve. However, these injuries are not strongly associated with mid-shaft humerus fractures. Choice 3. The hand of benediction can be seen with injury to the proximal median nerve. However, these injuries are not strongly associated with mid-shaft fractures. Choice 4. Hypothenar atrophy can be seen with injury to the ulnar nerve. However, these injuries are not strongly associated with mid-shaft humerus fractures. Finally, a bullet summary. Mid-shaft humerus fractures are associated with radial nerve injuries. That's all for this review about humeral shaft fracture. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.